Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. Our Neon Museum is expanding. They got a new sign. That's exciting. How often does that happen? Only when they're shutting down casinos. And this one's still operational, which makes it even more, all the more interesting that they have a, a sign in the boneyard that's still active, still looks very similar the one they have going and i mean chuck e cheese makes an entrance in this episode who would have expected that <laughs> exactly we also talk about professional f1 fans the new vanderpump venue coming to flamingo rod stewart ending his long residency plus another residency announced at win the wizard of oz experience looking back at stardust so much on this show so stick around as a reminder you can find all of our vegas posts podcasts and videos at mtmvegas.com and if you want to dive in more with this show we have our weekly after show you can either listen or watch it you can find that at patreon.com forward slash mtmvegas if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify hit us up with a five-star review it helps us reach more people and thanks so much for listening let's get into the show let's hit it mark you forgot to mention the chris angel shout out <laughs> Mark, did you see that picture of the Caesars Palace Sportsbook in 1986? I should say the race in Sportsbook because back then it was all horse racing. It really shows you just how technology has changed Sportsbooks and how things look so different today compared to the past. I mean, I feel like the Sportsbooks kind of looked that way up until like 10, 15 years ago, maybe when they started putting in more flat screen. Remember all the tube TVs and then like basically like the ticker board everywhere showing all the game lines and everything. I will say like Circa really upped their game even further. And I think a lot of the new sports books we're seeing are in response to that. But it is worlds different. I mean, the, the seating looked more comfortable though. It was cool though. You remember the best sports books you had like luxury if you had like a 10 inch tube TV at your little yeah. seat. That was the way to go. Uh, you were watching it on this little thing. Usually old men sitting there uh, watching their big horse races. It was good times, but it was a different atmosphere than it is today. Drink tickets off of a $2 uh, horse bet. You can't beat that, right? <laughs> no, you can <laughs> We both love the Neon Museum and how they've restored a ton of signs, and they just unveiled their newest restoration, which is the Palms Neon sign. Uh, this sign, I think, originally was on a billboard, dates back to 2001. The Neon Museum acquired it in 2013, and with the help of San Manuel, they have restored it. It's turned on. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks like one of the better ones in the, the Boneyard already, which is saying something because there's so many cool signs there. And I just wonder why Palms didn't take it back and fix it up itself and put it somewhere inside the casino or outside the casino i would feel like i'd want that there versus at the boneyard but it's cool to see that they fixed it up and uh, we need neon back in vegas that's the problem i miss all the neon everywhere palm still uses the same font so a very similar sort of logo although not exactly the same the colors are different I like that the Neon Museum is preserving stuff that's more modern, right? This is not from the 60s or 70s, so it, but it is from a different era. And as you said, we don't have a lot of neon anymore. So I like that. I like that this sort of rounds out their collection. It doesn't only have to be old classic casinos. You can have stuff like the Palms as well. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen Vegas Vicky inside of uh, Circa and like what that looks like and how cool it is. I wish they would have incorporated this into, you know, Palms. And we're going to talk about Stardust later. And, and Resorts World kind of brought a little sign in there. So I like when they... They, you know, the old it comes into the new. I wish they would have done something, but I'm glad somebody took care of it. And another reason to go back to Neon Museum, right? Yeah, for sure. They keep doing it. And there was rumors that they're looking for a new location. 
We know their location's a bit challenging because of, you know, it's not the best place to walk, especially from Fremont Street. Challenging. But I could see, you know, if they could get a new kind of state-of-the-art location somewhere more in the tourist corridor, it could do even better. I think that may be a downside of them. Although I kind of always liked, I don't know where it is. It, it makes it unique in that area uh, at night. It's not in a touristy area. But uh, if they want to draw more people, they probably do need to move it. And it's, apparently, according to some recent rumors, that's what's on the table for them now. I agree. I like kind of where it's at, even though it's in a, a sketchier area. Uh, and you know i've walked to it a couple times so you can do it and, and i just like that you know there's not a lot around it so at night you do get you don't get a glow from some other building or some other billboard shining on it kind of gives it a unique perspective and it's something that a lot of people don't know about like only people that really love vegas or go often or, or know somebody that recommends it knows to go there because it's not something you just walk by and go oh what's that so i think it adds a little bit to it i'm sure they'd get more foot traffic if it's somewhere else but i think that would take away from the specialness of it a bit Let's move on to residencies, uh, quote unquote. So it's funny, these days there's residencies, and we'll talk about this new one. New Edition just announced a residency at Wynn. It's going to be only six dates, February 28th to March 9th of 2024. Tickets on sale November 10th. So if you're interested in New Edition, uh, they are coming. But that's sort of what a residency okay. is these days. But the OG, or one of the OGs, not the OOG, Rod Stewart, he's ending his residency at Caesars Palace. This has been going on since 2011. And he will be ending it with his 200th show. So that is a true residency going on basically a, a generation worth, and uh, it's coming to an end. I love how Sean just rolled right over my shade that I was putting out there. It's kind of like an end of an era, you know, Celine with the health issues had to pull out a couple years back. And, and now this and Wayne, he doesn't have much longer, it, it, you know, it, and Elton John was there for a long time. So it's kind of like all those people that were together and had a long show and were kind of known in Vegas. That's what you go to see when you go to Vegas. You know they're going to be there. That's not the same anymore. And every time you go, it's going to be somebody different. There's going to be, you know, short-term residencies here and there. So definitely changing. I don't know if I like it as much. Once you see one of those shows, maybe you don't want to go again. So this is nice that it gives people more opportunities to go to a show when they come. Somebody different is going to be there all the time. And hopefully we get more stars come in to do these types of long-term residencies where they're coming and doing a handful of shows a year. Katy Perry just wrapped up her residency at Resorts World this past weekend, a very successful residency for a couple of years and one that hopefully comes back at some point. We know she's going to go do her tour, uh, but I'd love to see her come back over the years and keep this thing going. That's been uh, neat to see. We don't see a lot of that anymore, right? It's just six dates, eight dates, uh, or even what we saw with U2, a ton of dates, but over a short period, no long-term commitments. And I would guess at his age, he's probably not coming back. Go enjoy life. I know this is probably what they love and they miss it so much, but I hope he finds enjoyment in retirement and lives that out wherever it may be. Now, finding joy is uh, something that F1 fans can do, right? Did you see that F1 is hiring... <laughs> professional fans i guess it's going to be for filming for you know social media and stuff but they are looking for professional fans i know nobody more qualified than you i just thought like give chris angel a call he'll get he's got seat fillers lined up they can probably put on some f1 gear and sit in any seats you want and cheer how you want like they're professional fans already there's your call right there easy you don't even need to put out a call sheet you just hire chris angel's people took them this long to figure it out you know all they need to do is ask us uh, what the answer is a couple of other Formula One related things. The taxi surcharge was approved. So that's a $15 surcharge. We talked about how the taxi cab authority earlier this year 
was considering allowing taxis to charge surcharges for big events. Uh, they complained basically that rideshare was allowed to do that and uh, they allowed for it to happen in the law. And now we're seeing the first uh, example of it, a $15 surcharge. Uber Lyft will also charge a surcharge during the event. Expect every big event from now on to have a taxi surcharge. That'd be my guess. I can't really blame them, especially for this one, because they're stuck in that car for so long. I know time is a factor, but it's not a major factor. I don't believe, I think mileage and and stuff like that is a bigger factor. So you want them to be out there. Like, you know, they're not going to go to work. Just like Caesars is worried about people showing up during F1 and and giving all these incentives. You know, you need people to get in their cars uh, so we can get places. Uh, So you need those incentives too. So I think it makes a lot of sense. It's going to stink. If we can get those Teslas in a tunnel rolling, maybe uh, we can cut down on some of this. Something tells me the Teslas will have a surcharge too, uh, if it's allowed. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I don't have a yeah. problem with this either. It's just fair. I mean, the taxis overcharged for so many years. Uh, they've had Uber and Lyft basically come and dominate them, and uh, they need a way to compete in areas where there's high demand and uh, be able to get, like you said, drivers out there. So totally okay with that. There's been some anecdotes about tickets for the grandstands being you know, 50% or more off uh, if you look at resale sites. So there were probably some ticket brokers who bought them. So we're starting to see those discounts. I really am interested to see how low it goes right before the race. If maybe uh, there's a lot of people that come in, if the prices come down a little bit more and they fill it all up with people paying 500 a 1000 or if we really see see them trying to you know get chris angel out there to fill the seats we'll see uh, but yeah it's getting close <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just waiting for you to get that 200 hundred dollar ticket and you'll have your f1 foam finger up and and taking a video of you in the stands so on to flamingo now and pinkies by vanderpump you're a big lisa vanderpump fan and specifically i'm a fan of the two venues they have in vegas the one at caesar's palace and then the newer one at paris which is just gorgeous i mean the one thing vanderpump does well is design And she does all the design herself, even though these are owned by Caesars, so they get a budget, and uh, she goes in and does it. She talked a little bit about how this Flamingo-inspired venue will be. Uh, I imagine we're going to see a lot of pink. It's going to be Art Deco style to kind of fit in with the history of the Flamingo. This is exciting for me because I love those other venues, and I think it's going to breathe life into uh, Flamingo with this new Vanderpump hot cocktail bar. I love it. I think she's going to do something really cool with the design, Art Deco, you know, kind of like Miami Vice type feeling to it everything she touches just looks amazing so i'm excited for it i'm a little surprised to see flamingo as the the place that they're going to because she's kind of higher end and flamingo's lower end of their tier but they're kind of bringing up their the level of stuff that they have in their bugsies is a nicer restaurant that they added in you know fine dining type of thing so i think this fits along with that let's see where else they go you know carlos and charles is not and so that's what i always you know equate Flamingo to beat up rooms and Carlos and Charlie's cheap drinks and loud music. I'm really curious to see what it is. Maybe it'll be more affordable drinks. Probably not, but uh, maybe they'll shoot for a little bit lower than what we see with the other Vanderpump locations. We know that Flamingo needs more life breathed into it. And I think that this is a great venue for that. It may not fit well, but like you said, Bugsy's is very nice with that. And so this could just be another nice venue. It's not going to change the whole Flamingo, but uh, I think given the theme and the Art Deco and the history of Flamingo, the pinks, I can't really wait to see what they do. They also reminded people that she's working on a venue up at Harvey's in Lake Tahoe. So that will be another Vanderpump Caesars venue up there. So they're going all in. I guess it's better than Giada or Gordon Ramsay, right? If you're going to go celebrity chef slash 
personalities. I think she's uh, the best that they have in, in the bunch. Her design is a step above everybody else. And, you know, the drinks, they all are always good. The food, even the food. As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. We do a weekly after show. You can get access to it at patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Lots of great discussions happening over there. Hope to see you there. And as a reminder, we're pushing for 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So if you're not subscribed to the channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, leave a comment, let us know that you're watching. Thanks to everybody who supports us. Yeah, we want that YouTube 100K back there hanging <laughs> on the wall. I don't know if I'll be able to fit it into my living room area, but you know, if you want my happy Halloween stuff gone, I need 100K. <laughs> <laughs> So we finally got an update on the Caesars Fountains. We were talking about how maybe they were going to turn into like baby Bellagio Fountains. That doesn't seem to have happened. They did a full refurb, redid all of the hardware in there, but it doesn't look much different than it did before. So just breathing sort of new life, making Ooh. it look nice, but not like game changing in any way. I, I was very disappointed. I expected something like some movement. It goes higher, it goes lower a little bit. I don't think it would have been that hard to make it a, a little bit of action. I don't know. I mean, it does look nice. I love fountains. Uh, you know, the sound is amazing. All that stuff, very peaceful, very beautiful, but not what we were expecting. So if I would have been told nothing, I'd be like, hey, that's great. But the fact that we thought they were going to be juicing it up a bit and this is what they came out with, it's kind of like, okay. The good news is, Mark, they're not going anywhere. They spent the money to fix them. That means they're staying. They're not going to put some stupid shop over it or cover them up in any way. They put a Samsung shop there a few years ago covering them up. So at least this is a, an investment in the future of those fountains, keeping them the way they are. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Samsung for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the Wizard of Oz experience is coming next year to the strip and i guess this is a company that does this all over the country in different cities it seems like it's like a scavenger hunt theme to the wizard of oz as they say the streets of your city become a magical world of oz during this outdoor escape room style experience and then you use your phone to follow clues solve puzzles so yeah you gotta follow the yellow brick road in vegas that's coming next year am i the only one who's uh, excited about this you don't look very excited at all i feel like it's just a way to get murdered by a car uh, going on the strip <laughs> across the strip i mean it feels like kind of like Pokemon Go type of thing like they're they're tapping into that so I think it will be popular and if they do it well I think it'll be something cool something unique to do while you're in Vegas and maybe we'll get you to go I mean I think if they really do it well it'll get you go places you don't normally check out something along those lines like you see a area of the strip that you wouldn't have seen before like in the back of a casino I don't know I don't know how it's going to work or if they can even go inside buildings or if they have to stay outside but it'll get you out get you moving just do it in like April or October when you won't sweat your balls off <laughs> I remember a day, Mark, when you could actually visit the Emerald City and the Yellow Brick Road in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. They had animatronic, you know, Dorothy and Tin Man and all of the uh, characters. And you'd walk down the Yellow Brick Road and they had like a little show inside the Emerald City. All long gone. Although that area is still there. That's that big dome at MGM Grand towards the front. If you want to know where the Wicked Witch used to fly above, too, they would like project her up there and she'd laugh at you. But I guess you can settle for this in 2023. You should have brought that up in the Patreon that we talked last week about all the, the shows that have gone away the the free stuff but you grew up with that i grew up with that you know nasty looking mouse at chuck e cheese that sang and danced i grew up with chuck e cheese too i <laughs> i love chuck e cheese why why you gotta hate everything i love hey they got good pizza there you go <laughs> okay well uh, i didn't think they had good pizza i wouldn't go that far but that, that's that's okay you're the pizza guy so ethel m is back this year with their holiday cactus garden 
Now, usually through the year, this is free. We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, starting last year, they I think they implemented a $1 charge and that all went to charity. This year, it's $2. Perfectly fine. This just helps them control the crowds. And like I said, everything goes to charity. They decorate the uh, holiday garden with all the lights. Uh, you can get some free chocolate gifts too. Great place to go every year. One of our traditions in the holidays. And you know, if you're on the strip, it's 15, 20 minute drive, but worth doing. And you get to see their factory as well. So you get to kind of combine those two things into one. I always love this each year when we highlight it. You know, for two bucks, you can't beat it. Even if it was free before, who cares? It's going to a good cause. And I love when they do these light up things like uh, around us, there's a city called Rochester that every building is lit up with Christmas lights. They drape it down the front and people drive all December to see it. And this looks even, you know, way better than that. Walk around, you know, take it in. If I was a local, I'd go every year just like you. I got to get out there one of these years. Maybe I don't know if we'll have time when I'm there in December with all the stuff that we have to do, but I'd love to to try to get out there if we can. Yeah, we'll see if we can at least stop in there. Maybe it'll be during the day. You won't get to see it, but you can uh, see what it is. It's unique. When you hear Cactus Garden and Chocolate Factory, you don't really know what to expect. It's okay during the rest of the year, but during the holidays, definitely something special. As you alluded to earlier, this video of Stardust on closing uh, kind of surfaced on Twitter, and I thought it'd be worth talking about. Mainly because, you know, back today, everybody, there's influencers everywhere. Everything's filmed so much. Everything's documented so well. But back when Stardust closed in the mid-2000s, you didn't have people that were on YouTube and documenting things in such a way. So you don't get to see these videos all too often. And it's neat. It's like a little over a two-minute walk through the casino. It reminds you, like, all casinos of that era sort of had a certain look, right? Just the way the lights were, the yeah. way the carpet was, uh, the machines. And it sort of just brings you back there. Kind of reminds you that Stardust wasn't anything special, like, unique in any way. It just looked like all the other casinos at the time. But now that I've triggered all the Stardust fans out there, it's great to see it and <laughs> Just reminded me of Riviera on the last night when I did get to stay there and document it. Yeah, the sad thing is, you know, all those casinos, they were just basically casinos that were built in that era. And there wasn't much to them except for, like, the signs. Like, Stardust Sign is still probably my favorite sign. I never got to see it when it was up above, you know, it was a little bit before my time, before I could go to Vegas and I didn't go as a kid. But, you know, you could still see it in the videos, the old throwback movies, all that stuff. And it's probably one of my favorite. And I, I, I wish somebody would bring that back and do something with it, you know, bring the name to one of these new casinos. And that's what we're missing. Like, somebody needs to do a throwback casino uh, to this. At least incorporate the name. You already have that brand image built in. It's kind of like free marketing, and a lot of people would come back for it. So I think it'd be cool. Just the videos from that area, era when people walk around, they're so bad. It's amazing how far we've come just from that. Just your cell phone compared to what a video camera used to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, did you see this guy speaking of like vintage Vegas? He makes the vintage Vegas signs. He makes all kinds of vintage signs. He just did, I think the Frontier one. It was on Twitter, I, I shared it. He's like doing these intricate miniature versions of these signs. I don't know how much they cost. I gotta find out how much I'd love to have one. I'm sure they're not cheap because he has to put a lot of work into them. But it's good to see people keeping that vintage you know, spirit alive even if casinos don't look or feel that way. And I know that we'd all love, yeah, we should just have somebody build a casino and take all the legacy IP that's not being used and just throw it in there from restaurants to the name of the place, signs everywhere. At least there would be viewers. We know people who watch this show would go. I don't know about the young yeah, even if, these days. Even if you like put in Stardust Lounge and use the same sign, like you can make it happen. I mean, they did it with O'Shea's, which I thought was cool. So I wish more would do it. And I did a little bit of reading because I didn't know a ton about like, the history of Stardust and what was happening and stuff. The one little choice changes the whole atmosphere of a city, changes the whole landscape, and then people like us can just be nostalgic for those days. But you'll have an opportunity, Tropicana closing next year. Go see it right at the end. Go 
become part of that history and document it for yourself and you won't regret it. Like I said, I got to do it with Riviera. I regret not doing it with any of the other ones and uh, good to get this look inside of Stardust. So let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about today. Stardust, Nostalgic Vegas, Vanderpump, being a fan of F1, anything we talked about, hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back in a couple days with another show. Hit us up on Patreon as well. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. That they brought in have been better. What is it? Like Muggsy's is is a nicer restaurant and, you know, they're kind of moving away from that low-end stuff. Bugs. Crap. Muggsy Bogues. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me say it again. Jeez. Why why you got to hate everything I love? (laughs) Hey, they got good pizza. There you go. (laughs) Okay, well... uh, I didn't think they had good pizza. I wouldn't go that far, but that, that's that's okay. Yeah, that's you're the pizza guy. You really think they have good pizza? It's okay. Oh my god! They serve beer. <laughs> All right. <laughs>